I'm almost 100% positive. That, that, every single conversation that every one of us have in here, we're locked in. We're locked in and we are ready to listen and participate in conversation. I'm sure that none of our minds this morning, none of it ever drifts, that our mind is always clear as day. Like it is out right now, so beautiful, blue and sunshiny, right? And I'm sure that when we come to church, we don't ever let our minds drift off into space. We're always so focused. So hit your neighbor and say, are you listening? Go ahead. Are you listening? Well, this morning, we are going to finish a theme, and the theme's called Gifted, which is exceptional, physical, spiritual, ability, and talent, which all of you have this morning. You have so many gifts and talents. There are things that you see. You know, if we take Daniel, for example, we know that musically, he's a genius. Daniel is a genius. He can jump on any instrument, and he can play for 30, 40 hours, years straight, right? Without sleeping. <clears throat> Just kidding. Daniel is a musical genius. God gifted that musical talent to Dan Daniel. He was born with a musical gift and talent, an exceptional. It's not, just, it's not just any kind of talent. For Daniel, Daniel has an exceptional musical talent. What he hears in his head, how he plays, how he listens, there is something exceptional in the way that what God has given to him. And just as Daniel is musically gifted, every one of you this morning, you have something that is just as exceptional as Daniel's musical talent talent. You have an exceptional talent. You have something inside of you. Now, some of us, we see that, and some we do not. But you this morning, to understand, you are exceptionally gifted and talented. And so to end our theme today, my title, remember our theme is gifted, title is grounded. Turn to your neighbor and say, have you ever been grounded before? Grounded before. So when I was in sixth grade, Obviously, sixth grade, that's moving from fifth grade to sixth grade. What I didn't know that when you, when you left, you know, little, um, I don't even remember what school was at fifth grade, but when I got to sixth grade, man, they made you actually do your homework. Like Acacia, I went to Acacia in sixth grade. Man, I had to do homework. And you know what happened? Because my teachers were just so sweet. They gave me all S for fantastic because I didn't do any work, any homework, and my dad, being the best dad in the world, you know what he did to me? He grounded me for a week. And you know what he grounded me from? The thing that I loved and held so dear, my skateboard at the time. This was the end of the world. This was the end of the world. And you know what's crazy? In my one week of being grounded, I took all my Fs to Bs and As because you know what? I couldn't live without my skateboard. I could not live without my skateboard, you know, because my friends could drive by in the front and I can see him, you know, skateboarding and going off the lawn tramps, the half, half pipe that was just down the road. This was tragedy. And so just one week, even though F stands for fantastic, we moved it to A to awesome because I could not live without my skateboard. My dad. He grounded me. And I don't know if you were, you know, born in that age. You know, in the old, old days, a lot of it was spanking. <clears throat> and at some point, we moved from spanking 
to time out or being grounded, right? And, and if you were grounded for the right reason, for the right thing, it probably did work. In my situation, sixth grade, that worked. It did help me get my grades up. If you were to just Google what grounded means in the dictionary, it means well-balanced. So to turn to your neighbor and say, hmm, are you well-balanced this morning? Are you well-balanced? If you were to dig deeper, you could say it's best when we dig deeper. Digging deeper, if you're grounded, if you're a grounded person, then you're someone who makes good decisions. You do not say or do anything that you shouldn't because you're well-grounded. Someone who stays calm, this is good. Aware of surroundings, knowing the difference between what is real and what is fake. What is a grounded person? Makes good decisions. Doesn't say or do anything they shouldn't. Stays calm. Aware of surroundings, knowing the difference between what's real and what's fake. Now it gets even better because you gotta say you gotta keep on digging. Grounded people, unshakable, reliable, unwavering moral compass. Humble, humble. I don't know if you, you know, have the Bible app on your phone, but one of the verses they've been doing, the Beatitudes this week, and so one of the Beatitudes was, blessed are the humble, because they will inherit the earth. And just think about this for a second. How many of us like planet Earth? It's not bad, right? It could be a blessing to be on planet Earth. We could be on Jupiter, Mars, Pluto, right? We could be on one of those other planets, you know? We could be a little bug or an alien. If aliens are real, we don't know, UFOs. Anyway, but... God says, I will bless, I will fully satisfy, more than satisfy, double satisfy, those who are humble. What is humble? Humble is somebody whose heart, whose mind, whose soul never puts themselves above anybody else. Never, never, ever looks down on anybody else. Humble. God blesses the humble, and it says, the humble people will inherit the earth. And you know why he said that? Because it's only the humble people who are going to go to heaven. It's only the humble people who can admit they're wrong. It's only the humble people who know when to ask for help. It's the humble people who say, in this moment, this is what I need, and can admit, I'm weak here, God, and I need your strength. The humble people who are not proud, who are not prideful, who don't like to be criticized and, da, 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 and all those things. Anyway, grounded. It's a humble person. A grounded person doesn't worry because we know worry doesn't add a day or a minute to our life. It just gives us gray hair, but it doesn't do anything else, right? Stop the worry. A grounded person stands up for what's right. And this is great. They don't conform to make people like them. Grounded. Grounded. Wow. So remember our, our topic today, grounded. Stays calm, aware of the surroundings, knowing the difference, what's real and fake, unshakable, reliable, unwavering moral compass, humble, doesn't worry, stand up for what's right, do not conform to make people like us. This is grounded. And so as we end our topic and theme today, we are going to start with one of our verses that we have been looking at, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to verse 4 this morning. And it says this, 
There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is, it is, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And so this morning, as we start to kind of wrap up this theme that we've been in gifted, we know, number one, what we just read, the source, and he is the source of life. He is the source of peace, the source of hope, love, patience, goodness, kindness. The Holy Spirit distributes the gifts that we need. It says the Holy Spirit is the one who gives and who enables us to have and to move in the gifts. The Holy Spirit is the source given by God to what? Serve God and to serve one another. You're gifted. You are gifted. The question is, what are you doing with your gifts? As we move into the topic to illustrate this morning, I want to go to Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 1. And this is going to be the story. We're going to go through a couple different stories, and it's going to be up, down, all around. And it's going to be so much fun as we look at this story here. Matthew 13, starting in verse 1. Later that same day, Jesus left the house, sat beside the lake. <clears throat> a large crowd soon gathered around him. He got into a boat, then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, there's that word again, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. He scattered them across his field. Some fell on the footpath. The birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope you're not shallow. With underlying rock, the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. They did not have deep roots, and so they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much that had been planted. Anyone, here he goes again, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And so this morning we ask ourselves, God's asking me to listen. What is he asking me to listen for? What's he asking me to listen for? We jump to John chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. Early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law, the Pharisees, brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Gee, teacher, they said, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to kill her, stone her. What do you say? They're trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down. He wrote in the dust with his finger, they kept demanding an answer. He stood up again and said, all right, let the one who's never sinned before 
You go ahead and throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again. He wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. The last two verses. Jesus stood up again. He said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now we jump back to where we were in the beginning, Matthew 13, 18. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom, <coughs> and they don't understand it. So then the evil one, which is the devil, comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message, immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep root, they don't last long. They fall away as they have problems, persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so that no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear understand God's word, and produce a harvest 30, 60, even 100 times as much has been planted. And so before we kind of dive into gifted and grounded this morning, two G's, gifted, grounded, gifted, grounded, woo, grounded, gifted. There's one other verse I left out. And turn your neighbor and say, no, you don't like to be left out, right? Turn your neighbor and say, do you like to be left out? I don't think any of us like to be left out. None of us like to be left out, Right? And Jesus said this in Matthew 13, 12. So this was in between the two parables that Jesus was talking. He said, those who listen to my teaching, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, it will be taken. Ah, so then how important is listening? And I don't want to show that video again, but can you picture a talk that you recently had where your mind drifted? Shoot, in the last 20 minutes, every one of us, our minds drifted. Come on, let's not lie. But it's drifting that's costing us something better. It's your drifting that's costing you for something deeper, better, greater. Jesus said to those who listen, more will be given, and they'll have an abundance. But those who can't listen, even what they have, it will be taken from them. And so first things first, as we paint the picture this morning of being grounded. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Turn your neighbor and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is he? Who is he? Who's God? How many of you have ever heard that question? Who's God? What's God like? Have you ever heard that? Has anybody ever said to you, who's God? What's God like? You know, what's this? What's that? You know, I wonder what God looks like. I wonder what he smells like. I wonder what this. I wonder what this. You know what's real easy? All you have to say, Jesus. Jesus was the perfect picture, reflection of what the Heavenly Father looks like, sounds like. Jesus Christ is the perfect image, the revelation of God the Father himself. 
Jesus. What would God be like while he was here? We got it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is Jesus. This is God the Father. Who would God hang out with? We know who he'd hang out because it's who Jesus hung out with. What would God the Father do while he was here? He would do the same stuff. He would walk on water. He would raise the dead. He would heal every sick person. He would give love, grace, and mercy to every single person who needed it and who deserved it. Because there's a lot that don't deserve it, right? He would be amazing. Who is God? What is God like? He's like Jesus. And the sad thing is, you see, the Old Testament, there's a lot of stories in the Old Testament and then the New Testament, it's a little bit shorter, right? If you were to compare old and new, there's not so much in the new. Man, there's so much more in the Old Testament. But you know what happened in the Old Testament? Somewhere along the line, they kind of got off track. And they stopped being what God wanted them to be. They stopped being all that they could be. For a lot of them, the Jewish people, they became consumed with rules and regulations. And rules and regulations became more important to them than being nice to another human being. Rules, regulations. For the Pharisees, the religious, the teachers of the law, their outfit was more important than anything else. They wanted to look good, sound good. They wanted to pray on street corners so people could hear them. They loved their name and title because to them it was everything. I am Dr. So-and-so. Have you ever met anybody like that? I am Dr. So-and-so. If you ever meet anybody who's got to say, no, 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 don't call me John, call me Pastor, run away! Okay? If a name and a title is more important than the heart inside of them, run away. And this is where the Jewish religious people are. So God himself had to come to this earth because he needed to make some changes. He needed to make some tweaks. I don't know if any of you work on cars sometimes. Sometimes they don't run 100% right. And they just need a little tweaking, right? Not tweaking, tweakers. Tweak. They just need a little tweak, okay? And so... There's sometimes in our life where we ourselves, we could use a little tweaking. And that's where the people were in this story. They forgot how to love people. But they forgot how to be kind. So God himself had to come here to show us how to treat people. And 2,000 years later, come on, let's be honest, we as Christians, we still can forget how to treat people. Isn't that weird? Just like having a conversation, we could forget sometimes we should be listening right now. Ah, this is a moment where I should be kind. But yet we still neglect that. And it's funny because sometimes, see, we have a lot of believers around the world where we can, there's a million different topics we can talk about. But yet we can't get being kind right. We can talk about the end of the world. We can talk about unlimited prophecies. We can talk about so many things and all these things you can watch on TV and this and that and the other. We can talk about healing. We can talk about this. We can talk about that. But we can't be get, getting kind right. We can't get love right. What God is love, but we can't get love right. God is love, and we can't get it right. Jesus, who is God? Who does he want you to be? He wants you to be love. 
Does your love, does your life reflect Jesus in all that he had us? Jesus needed to come here. He needed to show us how to live. He needed to make some tweaks. He needed to make some changes. And he wanted to show us exactly what our Heavenly Father is like. He came here to show us exactly who the Heavenly Father is because we get off track so easy. Just like our brains and conversations we get sidetracked so easy. I love the story Jesus is in and he finds himself in this morning. This is God. This is the Heavenly Father. And he, he gets brought into this. Just like, I don't know if you've ever been brought into a conversation. You're like, ah, why am I in this right now? Right? Jesus gets brought into this. And it says they catch a woman in the act of adultery. So she's having an affair. They don't bring out the man. Right? We're going to leave that out because we can get all judgy about that. Say, hey, let's beat up the girl and let's let the man go. Right? Anyway, that's whatever. They caught her in that very act. So that means they're, and they must have knew when and where it was going to happen, right? And so they grab the girl, bring her out, and Jesus, they said, Jesus, hey, now the law, remember, rules, regulations, doesn't care if we hurt people's feelings. Let's obey the law. We got to obey all the laws, which we should, especially those speeding laws, right? Obey the, you don't want no cop pulling you over. But anyway, we're talking about spiritual laws this morning. And the law says we should kill her. They didn't care about this girl. Let's publicly humiliate this person to make ourselves look better. See how nice we're dressed? See how good we sound? Let's kill somebody to prove a point. Oh, I bet we've never done that before with our words. I bet we've never tried to kill someone to make a point. Dude, we hear it all the time. Come on now. Not any of us, it's other people outside, right? In this story, Jesus stood up. Jesus defended. Jesus got on the ground and in the dirt. He's playing. We have no idea. We, we know that he was drawing. He was writing. But he was down on the ground. Why is he on the ground? You see, he had all these other men towering above this lady. I'm so much better than her. What did God do? He got on the ground and said, I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. I'm not towering over you. Man, I'm right here with you. I know you feel dirty. I know you feel horrible in this moment. What did he say? I'm right here with you. He didn't tower over her, and he could have. This is God. He got on the ground with her to show her, I'm just on your level right now, and I'm here to show you love, a love that you've never seen before. That's kind of problem, the problem we have in our world today. Aren't there a lot of messy relationships? Why? Because people don't understand God's love. There are so many messes around the world. Why is there so many messes? Because they don't understand God's love. And for the very first time, this woman meets a man who didn't want her for the wrong reasons, just wanted to be kind. Who said, I'm here on your level because I love you. I care for you. You deserve much better. You're much better than these old farts that are accusing you. You are much better than these men standing around pointing their fingers, shaking their heads. 
Because guess where God is? God's on the ground with her. God's on the ground with her. God's on the ground with her. That's what blows me away about God. Wow. Because, come on, let's be real. Most of us stand in that line with the Pharisees, pointing fingers, being judgmental. Most of us, we're in that lineup. We're going bang, 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 right? But where do you find Heavenly Father? In the dirt, on the ground, saying, I'm right here with you because I love you. Your life is worth it to me. Your life's important to me. You know what he's saying? I don't care if they make fun of me right now. I don't care what they judge me and say about me. You are more important than what other people say. You. And I think we miss this. I know I do sometimes. Every heart, mind, and soul is more important than, guess what? Your own feelings. Your own complaints. Every heart, mind, and soul, it is way more important. Yes, there are things that we need and want. Yes, there are things that we're thinking and feeling. Yes, there are things and people who've done horrible things to us. And we should crucify and kill them. And we'll do that a different day. But today, we're not going to get there yet, right? We're going to be sweet today, Sunday. Monday is a different story, right? Jesus, the Heavenly Father, oh my gosh. And in the dirt, in the dirt, I'm on your level. And so in this second, in one second, in one moment, her life completely changes. See, because of what God was willing to do in that moment, when she stood up, she was different. She was a completely different lady than when she was on the ground. She stood up dignified. She stood up beautiful. She stood up strong. And you know what? From that moment on, no man messed with her again. The strength, the love that she got in that one second from God, and that was all that she needed to be a new person. Many of us, we do it all wrong. We leave people, we stone people to death with our words. We point the finger just like the Pharisees did in this story instead of meeting them on their level. Now, I do have to say you got to be careful because, you know what, there are people who have demons attached to them. There are people, and, and you know, we kind of use that loosely. I know when we see crazy people, we're like, ah, they're possessed, right? But there are literally, there are angels and demons, and there are demons who oppress people. And sometimes when you're not careful, when your heart is not guarded and you're around other people, those demons who are oppressing them can try to claw and start to oppress on you. There's people that you get around, and all of a sudden, when you're just happy-go-lucky, you're sweet as pumpkin pie, which is coming around the corner, thank Jesus, right, for Thanksgiving. But when you are sweet, kind, and wonderful, you are amazing. And then all of a sudden, you get around somebody, and you walk away like, man, I want to kill somebody. Where'd that come from? I was, I was just having a great day. You don't realize when you leave your heart unguarded that other people... When they have demons that are attached and oppressing them, they jump on you, they claw you, they try and put their nails deep into your skin. And so God wants us to get on the dirt, and he wants us to get down, and he wants us to meet people where we are, but guarded in a guarded way, protecting ourselves. So I read two stories. Actually, I read, yeah, I read a parable, and I read a story this morning. 
And what Jesus did here, I wanted to point out the gifts that he used in this story. I wanted to point out the gifts that Jesus used in this story. Number one, the greatest gift was love. Secondly, the greatest gift, humility, because he was willing to humble himself, get down in the dirt. Third, he stood up strong for somebody that everybody else wanted to kill. There's a lot of people in our world that need you to stand up for them. There's a lot of people on this planet, they need us to stand up for them because they can't stand for themselves. And so we need to stand up for them. There are kids. I can't tell you how many kids, even in our small valley, if we have 100,000 people, I have no idea how many kids there are. Do you know, there are so many kids with broken homes, broken lives, and they could use someone not to judge them. Because you know what? Kids who have broken lives, man, their mouths. Whew. And so many times we as adults, our first reaction, if we hear something a kid say we don't like, we want to smack them. But instead, maybe God's saying, take a step back, listen to the Holy Spirit, there's something deeper. Our first reaction, let me grab my belt, let me grab a rock, just like the Pharisees in this story. No, God put you here to love. Is love your most powerful driving force? It should be the most powerful gift that we have, love. Because see, when Jesus loved, Every person he came into contact with, what happened? Instantly, they changed. The amount of love that Jesus had, it changed every life. The greatest gift in this story, love, that moves everything. And you know what he did in this story? And so, I don't know if you can remember that parable that Jesus shared and that I read. And then we went into the story about the girl. Jesus shared a parable, and it had to do with the devil, and he was robbing, and it had to do with rocks and thorns, and then there was something about harvest, right? Jesus, and I read that to kind of highlight as a picture of the story what Jesus went through in this moment. You see, Jesus said the word of God, it goes out like a seed. Truth gets scattered like a seed. People grab it, but as they're about to grab it and just take a bite into it, so the devil comes, takes it away. Just like people come in on Sunday morning, there's truth being spoken, and then they walk out and say, I don't remember one thing he said. What the heck? Man, that devil swooped in and got you quick. This girl in this story, she was robbed all of her life because you know what? She believed some dumb man Right? The girl in the story, she believes some dumb man, and so she was robbed all of her life. Influenced by the devil, taken advantage of all the time. Right? Sad. Horrible. So what did Jesus do? See, he drew that line in the story. He said, devil, you're never crossing the line in her life again. What did Jesus do? He made a line and said, devil, you're not. No, you're not coming over here again. She's mine. She's free in Jesus' name. And so that devil never crossed that line. He freed her from being robbed. When you hear the word of God, that's why I showed that video in the beginning. Because, come on, we all can, we can all become subjects who let our mind wander, right? And it's like every five minutes, we got to get our minds in a check. You know what the funny thing is? 
you know, we have all these medicine for kids today because they can't, like, pay attention, right? Which is funny because how many of us can't pay attention, right? Let's be honest, right? But no, we, we got to give out more pills and more drugs to make people pay attention when you yourself can't pay attention sometimes for 10 minutes, right? Oh, but let's get them on drugs because they need some drugs. Cracks me up, right? Man, we all have... We all have focus issues sometimes. If you drink three cups of coffee, man, you're flying in the sky. No one can touch you. You can't hear nobody. You're way up high. Good time for a coffee break right there. Man, the devil comes to rob us from truth when we're not ready and we're not prepared to grab Every time you hear the word of God, there is something God has for you. But you have to reach out and grab it. And then you got to hold that seed. And you got to grab it and put it into your mind and into your heart. You got to feed that seed. Just like a seed in the ground takes water, takes sun, takes all these things. When you're come, ready, listening to want to hear truth, what does truth do? Truth sets you free. Truth sets you free. Truth sets you free. Truth sets you free. When you hear truth, if you take that truth, embrace the truth, the devil can stop ripping you off. Now, the sad thing is sometimes we have neighbors and friends. <laughs> Give them that elbow. Say, don't be that neighbor. You're not going to rip me off. You're not going to be that distraction. We get distracted too easy. Jesus points out this parable. The devil, number one, what does he want to do? He wants to rip the truth from your life. Why? Because he doesn't want you free. He doesn't want us free. He doesn't. So what do we have to do? We have to become aware. We have to understand how important truth is. Jesus gets to the second point, and he says, this is what I love. He starts talking about shallow people. And Jesus points out there's people who, they hear the word of God, and they're jumping up and down. Woo, Jesus! Woo, yes! And then they get outside, and they get a call. Cousin Fred died. And then they start cussing God. What the blankety blank blank blank? I had a good moment here, and then you let my cousin die. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Jesus said, shallow Christians, the minute a problem arises, <laughs> faith and the word of God out the window. Not that we, know, we don't know any shallow Christians. None of us are shallow. Come on, right? And then Jesus said, there's those Christians who have thorns in their life. What are thorny Christians? Well, turn your neighbor and say, I hope you're not thorny. Because if so, I'm going to pull away. <laughs> thorny believers are people who are worried all the time. Worry, 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 worry. All right. So worry. Like worrying, Jesus said, could add a day to your life. Now, some of us, if, if God gives us 80 years you know, in 10 days and five hours, right? That's, that sounds pretty good, right? Maybe we want to live to 99. I don't know how long you want to live. But there's some of us in here, we think that worrying, that's going to add another day to our life. You know, it's crazy when you take a step back. Most of us have lived 
20, 30 years, 40 years, when you're going through a situation, how many of you think, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this? And then, then a year goes by, and it's like, well, I guess I did. So all that worrying, oh, was that really good? Did that really make you feel good to worry so much? You got through it. You know, I can tell you right now, the day that we live in, it is crazy out there. Money and anxiety, all-time high. The stress level. We were at a place yesterday, our favorite place to eat, and this cracks me up. Our favorite, one of our favorite places is going on. I'm not going to say what it is. Del Caco. Just kidding. It wasn't that. But I'll just, I'm just being kidding. So we're at this place, and this guy, he knows us because he knows our order. <clears throat> and it is a Mexican restaurant. Out of town. It's not here. It's a little ways from here. And we're eating, he goes, that's about right. He goes, you normally spend 80, 90 bucks. He goes, but it's 120 today. He goes, you know what? It's Biden's fault. He goes, now if Trump was president, I'd be still 90 bucks. And it cracks me up because here's a person, and he knows our order, right? But the cost, inflation and recession, and he's right, inflation and recession are so high right now. Things, if you shop, I don't know if you go to the grocery store ever, you can tell by what you buy, water, meat, produce, pork, thanks to us Californians who voted in Prop 12, bacon doubled, because we're so sweet to pigs these days. Anyway. There's a recession going on and high inflation. And so people are struggling, and it is at an all-time high. But you know what? I'm pretty sure God will get you through. So why are you worrying? Because Jesus said in this story, thorny Christians are worried all the time. And you know what that does? It stops the blessing. Jesus said, I've come to give you a full life. So what stops the full life? So if we go through this progression, see, and how many of us, I don't know if you're into math. I kind of like it, kind of don't, right? It's like if A plus B equals C, that works for me, right? But now it's A plus D equals Z. And it's like, huh? Right? But anyway, some of us like math, some of us don't. This formula right here that Jesus shared, this parable called the sower, he said, this is the key, the success to your life, the key where I said, I've come to give you a full life. How is it? Number one, stop letting the devil rip you off. You stop letting the devil rip you off. Stop blaming every man, woman on this planet. Stop blaming every circumstance, every president we have, president we don't have, every politician we have, don't have, whether we're in California, one of the most expensive places to live. Stop. Stop blaming. And tell the devil, take a hike, bud. Take a hike. God's given you the authority. We sang what? Victory is yours. If you have Jesus in your heart, victory is yours. Start using the victory that he's given to you. I have victory. Now, that's not to walk around and beat people up with it, right? Because that's also what we like to do. But the victory is so that you can be free. Tell that devil, number one, in the formula, the formula to success as a Christian where God needs us to get to. Tell the devil, take a hike. Number two, he said, get rid of the rocks. Stop being so shallow. Dig a little deeper. Don't get so happy about being a Christian, and the next day when hell breaks loose, you freak out. Thirdly, he said, get rid of the thorns, which are the worries of life and money. The worries of life and money. And he said, if you do these three things, you start to see a harvest. You start to see a harvest. And so this morning, 
is this is going to be so much fun. I'm going to get out my first visual aid here. <coughs> I've got a few things that we're going to show off this morning. Whoever's not behaving is going to get smacked with a shovel. Just kidding. Whoever's not listening. Ah! Now, I don't know if any of you have ever used this before. Most of us at different times, eh, let's pay someone to shovel my ground, right? If we were to, that was a little hole I gave him right there. A little tape or super glue maybe, right? If you were to start shoveling this, how successful would I be at tearing this? I'm going to get some carpet up, right? I get down here on the ground, I wonder how successful I'm going to be just ripping apart the ground. You see, years of life, your mind, heart, and soul are kind of like this concrete, this ground. What God's trying to shovel and dig into your life, it can't get through. Years of what people have said to you. Years. And we're not throwing parents under the bus, but years of bad parenting. Years of friends influencing us to do the wrong thing. We jumped off the pier with them because it was fun. They jumped, we jumped, right? You know what that did? That created concrete, and now the Word of God can't get through. It can't get through because of the concrete. This story, interestingly enough, Jesus, what is he talking about? The seed getting deep and so that you can see a harvest. The seed going deeper so that you can see a harvest. What does God want? He wants you to see the harvest. 30, 60, 100 times. He wants you to see blessings, more blessings than you can count. When I'm tired or not tired and I try to count, it doesn't take long no matter what, I fall asleep, right? God's blessings, if you allow the seed to do what it needs to do, you will not be able to count the amount of blessings he wants to give you. But he keeps hitting hard ground because we're holding to things of the past. We're holding to situations we've gone through. We're holding to words that people have said to us. We're holding what parents have done to us, how they disciplined us and spanked us. Now, I know I say a lot of stuff about my dad, but I'm not holding a grudge, I promise, okay? We'll just get that there in the open, right, okay? But there are some of us who are holding grudges to what our parents did and said to us as kids. And there are parents sometimes, believe me, when you shop at Walmart, you hear all kinds of stuff. And so there's some things that parents say to kids, and it's like, jeez, man, this poor kid. Can I smack you for that poor kid? Jeez. God's word. It's trying to go deeper, but it's hitting concrete in your life. We have to keep digging, no matter how hard it is. Put some water down. Keep hearing more word. Keep listening to more word. There's concrete. How much blessing do you want? You need to allow the words, your past, your mistakes, your guilt, your shame, to allow God to keep digging deeper until the seed takes its fullest root. Now I have a beautiful mirror. Let's be honest. Did any of us look in a mirror this morning? Now, you ask yourself, you look in a mirror because you want to make sure you approve of what you see. Check. I'm good. Which is more important? Because spiritually, 
Jesus said, this is the mirror. And when you look into this mirror, whoo, when you look into this mirror, it gives you purpose. When you look into this mirror, it gives you hope, it gives you life, it gives you peace, it gives. And so the thing is, see, some of us, we're kind of like, I mean, I know I'm, I got some kind of spiritual gift, right? I know how to make people laugh, so maybe that's joy, right? I can be dorky, make people laugh, so maybe my gift is joy. You're trying to look in this mirror and find your gift on your own. When God's saying, that's not the gift. That's not the gift. You're trying to see and look in yourself, and, and it, we keep getting it wrong. Why? Because you're not looking here. Physically, every one of you looked in the mirror this morning. So did I. We said, that'll work today. And if there was something wrong as you looked in the mirror, what did you do? You fixed it. There's a hair out of place. This is gross. If there was a booger, then you're going to grab it or blow it out. However it works, we get 10 fingers. We know how to use them, but most of us don't do it that way, right? We'll use Kleenex. But why is it spiritually the thing that you need? It's here, and this is the mirror, the mirror. You're not going to see yourself in that mirror. You're not going to see what God wants by looking at yourself in the mirror. You're not going to see what God has for you by looking at yourself in the mirror. You're not going to see by listening to positive health gurus tell you how to be positive every day. Even though I love being positive, the glass is always has half full, right? I like that. I love that. But you know what? They're not going to tell me what God wants to tell me. The only place I can get what I need. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is where a lot of people get confused. Sometimes, let's be honest, we're waiting for someone or something to tell me, oh, you're so gifted and talented. We got to go on TV so that people can tell us you're so gifted and talented, right? We got to post it online, get as many likes as we can and hearts and all these dumb things so people can say, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. <laughs> but you know what? You know, the sad thing is people for years... They go to a man, it's called a pastor, and they're looking for pastor's approval. My job is not to tell you, you're approved, check. My job is to help you learn how to listen. To learn how to listen. Your job, it's not to step into someone's life and say, I'm, I'm your God, I'm your Savior, you're going to do what I tell you to do. If you follow these 10 steps, you follow these 12 steps, this is what you need. No, it's not. You have to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit, and then you have to help other people listen to the Holy Spirit. That's our job. That's my job. It's not to beat you over the head. It's not. Even though I brought a shovel. Man, we could do some damage this morning. We could. That's not my job. It's not to tell you everything good and right and wrong in your life. No. It is to point you to the Heavenly Father and say, you need to learn how to listen. Because I couldn't be with you everywhere, 24 hours, 7 days a week, but the Holy Spirit is. I can't be in the car with you. Not that I wouldn't want to, right? 
But it's the Holy Spirit who goes with you everywhere. It's God who goes with you everywhere. It's God's voice you need more desperately than any man, any woman, anything in life. The Holy Spirit. And then we get to my last visual aid. Now this morning, I got some rocks and dirt. You see, gifts and talents are them gifted. Our topic today, grounded. We look in the mirror because we check our appearance. Just like spiritually, many of us, we want to look good. We want to sound good. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus got in the dirt. Your gifts, they're not meant to look good. They're not meant to sound good. Your gifts, it's not who you impress. Your gift, man, it's, it's to help people out. And if God came to this earth because we were afraid to get dirty, because we were afraid to get on the ground. We were afraid to meet people where they were. We wanted to stay and throw rocks. So God said, no, I got to come. God made you to get dirty. God made you to get in the dirt. God made you to get a shovel so that you can work spiritually. Yeah, we worked all our life for a paycheck, for the man or lady, whoever it was. But saying is working for the man. But anyway, now we're working for God. And it's not about your appearance. It's not about how you dress, sound, or look. It's about how hard you're going to work. Because I'm telling you, we as people, <laughs> we are a piece of work. Let's be honest. We are. But too many of us, I don't want to get dirty. But if you're not willing to get dirty, you're not going to get to that full life he has for you. Man, there's a lot of people with a lot of problems. And they can wear us out. There's no doubt. But if you learn to work and play in the dirt correctly, correctly, it doesn't wear you out. If you learn to watch your heart, mind, and soul as you play in the dirt, it won't wear you out. God made us for the dirt. Where did men come from? Guys, we came from this right here. Right? We came from the dirt. Girls, you came from our rib. We always got to remind you. Right? But anyway. <laughs> You're our McRib. God made us from the dirt, and it's the very thing that we hide and run away from all the time. Why are we gifted? Remember what we started with in 1 Corinthians? The Holy Spirit's the source of them all for what? Each other. Who did God hang out with when he was here? Let's be honest, dirty people. People everyone hated. 
Are you dirty this morning? With that, take out your piece of paper that has all the gifts on it. Wow. What a mess. What I want you to do, Daniel, if you can come on up. So this morning, something that we've never done and we're going to do this morning. Because sometimes, I don't know if you know the definition of insanity, we want a different outcome, but we do keep doing the same thing over and over again. And I'm pretty sure this morning we could find one area of our life where God's saying, you need a different outcome, but yet you keep circling the same thing. You keep worrying. You keep asking this when he's saying you need a different outcome. You want much, but you work little. You want much, but you work so little. You want much. Can I pay you to use the shovel? I don't want to get sweaty today. Can I pay you to do that for me? You can't pay someone to help you spiritually grow. And that's not what tithes and offering are either. You're not paying someone because by doing so, you're hoping to grow. We can't keep passing off what God's saying you need to do. And you're going to keep your hands open this morning because something, something this morning to understand I'm an exceptional person. I'm a gifted person, but you know what? I can't see them. I can't see my gifts. And there's sometimes when we got to be different. We got to do something different. So I'm out of my seat. Yes, I'm standing next to somebody. They don't have cologne or deodorant. Oh, well. This morning I had did something different. I need something different. And so, God, I'm opening my hands to you because, God, show me this morning my gifts. God, show me my gifts. God, help me to work for my gifts. Help me to put work into it. Help me to get my hands dirty. Help me to use the shovel. Help me to do what you put me here to do. Help me to give my time, heart, energy, and life what you've given me on this earth to do. Who inherits the earth? The humble. The humble inherit the earth. Do you want to inherit the earth? Do you want to inherit all that God has for you? Do you want to get and maximize the most out of life? You're gifted. You're exceptional. And now it's time to start digging. You know, I think it's harder when we stare at the mirror and try to be perfect. Just simply realize it's just time to get dirty, have some fun. Playing the dirt. Playing the dirt. The song, God's only looking for a simple yes. It's not to be perfect. It's just for a yes. God, use me. God, use me. And so as we get ready to leave this morning, we lift our hands to heaven and say, God, I'm here. God, speak to me. God, open up my ears and help me to see more than I've ever seen and my ears to hear more than I've ever heard before. God, help me to hear your Holy Spirit. God, fill me, baptize me, consume me with your Holy Ghost. So everywhere I go and everything they do, God, that I'm consumed with you. God, that I'm consumed with this power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, help us to wake up and just say yes. God, help us just to wake up and say yes. To grab the shovel, to get our hands dirty and just say yes. God, as we give ourselves to you, we give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. 